Hey, y'all. You are listening to the Blooming Anyway podcast, and we are your hosts, Marley and Michelle. We are two creative entrepreneurs turned best friends, and our podcast is all about overcoming challenges and finding the inspiration to grow, even in places we never expected to thrive. From work-life balance to contemplating the magical intricacies of life to nerding out about neuroscience and all things entrepreneurship, we cover it. Our purpose is to expose ourselves and you to new ideas and ways to explore our inner and outer world. We may not always have the ideal conditions for growth, but we can choose to bloom anyway. So grab a cup of coffee, leave your ego at the door, and get ready to dive in. Welcome back to the pod party people. How the heck are you? It's one of your favorite gingers, Marley, here for a solo episode all about social media and marketing. Next week is the next collective content retreat, so Michelle and I are in full button-up mode where we're hashing out the last few details, getting everything packed up and ready to travel and just getting so freaking excited. So the audio sounds a little bit different this week because in all my packing, I put my mic somewhere that I don't know where it is. So we're going uh, real and (laughs) raw and unfiltered today with a good old phone audio. So thanks for bearing with me. Also, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the pod before, but I love hockey. (laughs) I am a hockey person. And although my team is not in the Stanley Cup playoff race, um, we still have all the games on. So if you hear some cheering or whatever in the background, that's because it's Stanley Cup season. Anyway, back to (laughs) the problem at hand. Um, I am just so thrilled for next weekend dedicating a whole weekend to pouring into others' businesses and dreams is just one of my favorite things. Um, if not the like most important part of this job and my job as a whole. And um, I'm just really ecstatic to get to be just like a small part in people's story and like um, educating them and helping them be inspired and create magic. Like that is just so incredible. And also getting to share it with my bestie is pretty extra special too. So if you're an attendee listening, I can't wait to see you there, my friend. Um, But for now, let's get into it. So this episode is going to touch on a slew of topics that answer some of my like frequently asked questions and also some personalized questions I've received through the collective. So let's dive in. The first question is, what is the deal with hashtags? And here's the thing about Instagram and hashtags before we get into it. If something is working for you on a platform stick with it. We only make adjustments when something is not working. And I know it can feel really overwhelming when you're consuming media and there's all these people telling you like, try this, try this, do this, do this, or like, this is what the algorithm wants now, or this is what the algorithm wants now. (laughs) It gets overwhelming. And I think sometimes we get frazzled or we feel like we're behind or missing out and we change before we need to change. So if what you're doing currently is working for you, it's moving the needle in your business, then stick with that. But if something's not working for you, that's when things change. And what that means is like 
I usually say if more than five posts with a current strategy you're using are no longer bringing the same traction, moving the needle, bringing shares, engagement, saves, whatever, then it's time to change. So that being said, if you're not gaining as much traction as you were, this is what I would suggest for right now. I am seeing that no more than three hashtags a post is the sweet spot, and sometimes none is best. Hashtags should have to do with your photo and not with your caption. And remember that we're looking for tags with less than 100,000 and ideally less than 20,000 uses. If your brand's making new to socials and hashtagging, when you type in a hashtag, you will see when it pops up there how many people have used that tag. And so when I'm talking about less than 20K uses, that's the number there that you want to see. Um, I also want to encourage you to use tags that are um, location-based. That tends to be the most traction building in my personal experience. Okay, question two. Are reels really dead? And this question is so interesting to me um, because not even a year ago, people were asking me the opposite. If feed posts or static posts, as I call them, were dead. And I think it just goes to show that content's ever-changing and you need to speak to your clients. Um, that needs to be your priority over the type of content. But to answer your question, no, they are not dead. I would strongly encourage a mix of content styles, feed posts, reels, IGTV videos. Um, I think that mixing content um, styles is how you get the farthest reach. I also have seen that like reels are still bringing in um, uh, cold views, which is like people who don't follow you. It's bringing in a lot of those views still. And so I really encourage that, which um, is a little different than static posts these days because they're mostly for your current audience. I do think that very soon we will see... Um, growth happening again through static posts where like that will be bringing in just as much as if not more people to your page than a reel but I also think it's important to know your content um, if you're a photographer and you have background videos like sharing those in a reel are going to be way more applicable than in a feed post and if you're somebody who's sharing education and um you know it's it's better to come from your actual mouth like your face that's going to be better in an IGTV or like a video versus a reel if it's a like, super short form whatever you know your content and like you know what you consume and so i think that that's probably where you should start with um versus like if you're if you think reels or static posts are dead or alive or whatever. Question three, I am just starting out in my business. What platform should I be on? This question is my chance to remind you that one size does not fit all businesses. Each business and clientele has different needs. And what I would suggest in response to this question is to figure out where your ideal client lies. Are you looking to sell to moms, to college students, to high schoolers, to multi-generational families? Are you looking for trendy or classic or moody or so on and so forth? By answering those questions, excuse me, that will tell you where to go and where to be. I will say, though, that it's more than okay and definitely encouraged to start with a website and one platform of socials. Once you feel comfortable and confident with that platform, move on to another 
I also think there are different seasons in life or in your business where certain platforms do really well for you and other ones don't. And that's okay too. We want to focus our attention on what is moving the needle forward, where are your bookings coming from, where are your um, ideal clients coming from, who are you engaging with, and what content do you have the most fun doing? Are you a video girly? Go off. If you like photos, if you like blogs, if you like Facebook, like that's where I think you should be because when you're excited about the content you're putting out, you're going to want to put out more content. Oh, and when you do decide to move on to another platform, reuse that content, which actually leads me to the next question. Is reusing content cheating? (laughs) This question always makes me giggle when people phrase it like this, because who are we cheating? Like, (laughs) I know it's a figure of speech, but it's funny, but it's not cheating at all. When you put your creative energy into content, whether that be a styled shoot or a blog post or an email to um, a client or uh, Instagram caption or a reel, you should be using it anywhere you can. If you've put in the mental work for that, you want to get your money's worth. You know what I mean? So if it works well, if it's moving the needle, use the crap out of that. Turn it into a blog post, a reel, a TikTok, an Instagram post, an Instagram story, That is your creative content, baby, and you should be milking it. Now, I'm not saying that if a post is really well, post the exact same post the next day. That's not what I'm saying. (laughs) What I am saying is that if a topic is doing really well for you, we're reusing the topic. If a post from six months ago did really well, reuse it and update it with things that are relevant. If, you know, you have like an idea that people seem to really gravitate towards, Use it on Pinterest, make it into a blog, make it into a video, expand on it, like make it into bite-sized pieces, um, make it funny, make it relatable. Like if the I- that specific idea or post style is working really well for you, reuse it. Question four, how do I get content for socials as a new wedding vendor, but I'm not a photographer? <laughs> I love this question for multiple reasons. Uh, One, you realize that the value of capturing your work and that it's really important to have pictures to represent what you do um, in a way that you love and you feel good about. And two, this can lead to really cool vendor connections. My biggest advice is always to get involved with styled shoots. Pulling together with other vendors is a really cool experience and feeling, and most times you get a crap ton of content. Reach out to local vendors in your area. You host a styled shoot. You get on some lists for some styled shoots. Get a finger on the pulse of the wedding community around you. Um, I also suggest reaching out to photographers you've worked with in the past, whether that be for weddings or um, other styled shoots or events or what have you, and see if they'd be willing to give you a few photos for credit or just go the basic route and hire a photographer just for you. Also, I want to remind you that you don't need to be scared of authentic raw content from your phone. One of the things TikTok has taught us is that people love real and relatable information so take a video like you're facetiming with a friend that will do wonders for you because it should come naturally and um it will be really cool for your audience because they'll get a peek into what you're like when you're chatting with your friends and also a view of 
your service or product in a really digestible, personable way. I don't want you to wait to share information until you have professional photos. So if that's you, cut that out. (laughs) Um, It's really important for you to start somewhere with sharing. And even if you know that you want to have professional photos in the future, but you can't swing it right now, that's okay. Just start somewhere. But I always recommend styled shoots. Last question. How do I get better at storytelling? Oof. So along with the same idea with TikTok, we know that our audience and society wants content and socials to be more personal. We no longer want posts like five things to keep in your purse. Instead, they're looking for posts like five things I wouldn't forget to put in my purse if I carried one. (laughs) Connection is really important these days and knowing how to tap into people's relationship building is really important and a lot of that comes from storytelling. So a few things that I would say when you're thinking of telling a story is the first thing you need to know is your audience. For example, the stories that I tell on my socials are a lot about body positivity or neutrality. And so um, I broach those topics filled with humor and easy digestible bites because I know that's what my audience needs. So when I go to tell a story, that's the funnel in which I'm looking at it through. The second thing is emotion. What did that experience feel like for you? Or what would someone feel like being in the shoes of the story? Um, Emotion is really relatable. And um, I think sometimes people are scared of sounding cheesy or overdramatic or melodramatic. And so they just steer in the opposite direction from emotion. And it ends up reading like you're reading an English paper that you turned in in your first year of college and that's just not it that's not what people like to see um unless you have content that's like very educational in that way um but I'm assuming that most people that are listening to me are creatives and you're going to be sharing other people's stories your stories um and you want people to fall in love with what you're selling um and what you're offering and so that requires you to tap into the emotion of it what is it feel like to be a part of the story that you're telling and the third thing that I think is really important in storytelling that you need to practice is having a clear goal what is the outcome you're hoping for in this story is it for a change is it for education inspiration relatability what are you hoping for and it has to be more than I just want to make money or I just want to sell this product or I just want to sell this service where is the heart of your business What are you hoping for? What is the goal? Why did you get into this business? That is going to help you funnel all of your storytelling through and practice, 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 practice. Truly, the biggest advice is to write and talk like you're talking to a friend or you're texting with a friend. In your storytelling, don't be afraid to use slang if it's your norm or humor or emotions or emojis. These are important. These are important to your business because it's you. So don't lose them. A bonus question, since we're talking about content so much. One of the questions I think I get asked the most is how do I actually plan my content out? Like I said, every business is personal. So this may not work for you, but I'm going to tell you what I do for myself and my clients. 
you can take what works for you and then you can leave the rest. The first thing I do is I look at two to three weeks at a time. I usually post four to five times a week. So I know in two to three weeks at a time, I'm going to write out how many dates I'm going to post or how many posts I need to fill up that plan, knowing that I'm posting four to five times a week. Then I start with anything that's time sensitive. So um, any holidays that fall during those two to three weeks, any big events, sales, giveaways, birthdays, um, you know, weddings or um, big shoots that I've been teasing on socials in advance. Any of those things that are time sensitive, they plug in first and we go from there. I then evaluate what went well in the last two to three weeks, what content in the audience love and why. Sometimes content's trendy and sometimes it's personal to the audience. So I figure out what content is what, what falls in those two categories. I harness that idea and we build on it. So for example, if I see a post about how to plan a wedding timeline and it did really well, we dive deep into that for a post or two. Then I fill in with other content pillars. I make sure we're staying true to the mission and that we include photos and graphics that keep open space in the feed so it's pleasing to to scroll through while it's also pleasing to consume. That's just a small snippet, but I hope that it helped. Thank you for tuning in to the pod, my friends, for this short and sweet little episode. If you love this, um, I would love to hear it. If you have really enjoyed listening to the podcast, we would be so, so honored if you left us a review. Our reviews help us grow and reach more people, so that would be really really sweet if you could do that for us. But I hope that you love this episode and we will see you right back here next Wednesday. Bye!